Hello and welcome to Equipping the Saints. I'm Ryan, and thank you for joining us today. I'm going to take a different twist on this weekend special. I wanted to go ahead and get into more in-depth topics as we move along from here. And so I think a proper place to start is to have a more in-depth understanding of other religions. Why do we believe what we believe? Why is it different than other religions out there? What makes us different and unique? As well as if our worldview is a little off in some areas that these other religions also believe in. Which, to be clear, any religion that is not Christianity is not a real religion. So the first one, I think, is the one that's one that may be close to home for some is Roman Catholicism. So I wanted to spend the next few weeks going through that in as much detail as possible. So I'm going to be spending a good chunk of weeks on this. I'm thinking about at least 10 to 12 weeks on this because there's just so much in here that we have to break it down into sections in order for us to properly understand this in its entirety. Let me be very clear before we begin that this is not an attempt to bash other religions. This is not to talk negatively about them. This is not to criticize them. This is merely to state fact and what they truly believe in and compare it to what we as Christians are supposed to believe. And you'll see that there are stark differences between us. Christianity and Catholicism are not the same thing. And you'll see that as the weeks go on. So do not hate people for being Catholic. Do not treat them differently. This is more of information for your betterment. This is to equip you with more knowledge and talking points. So when you do speak to someone who's a Catholic and you're witnessing to them or you're evangelizing to them and they say, well, we're brothers, right? We believe in the same thing. No, we don't. There are some things that look like they're the same, and there are some things that do match up, but the ones, the things that really, truly matter at the core of our theology and at what salvation truly is, is radically different. So, I want to do a true and false quiz with you. So, I'm going to ask you a few questions, and I want you to take a mental note as to whether you would say this statement is true or false. Now, I'm not going to go into too much detail here because that's what the rest of the studies are for. So I wanted to see where you stand, and then we'll go from there. So I'm going to ask a total of 20 questions, and I want you to answer me true or false. And then I'll give you a second to think about it, and then I'll say what the correct answer is as for what we believe in as Christians. So number one, Roman Catholicism is the church that Christ died for. That's false. And, and we'll find out why. There are many reasons why that this is not the church that Christ died for. It has been twisted so much over the centuries. Number two, the Roman Catholic Church has been consistent throughout history. 
the answer is false. It has radically changed over the course of history for what they stand for, what their core theology is. Number three, I am a practicing Catholic and I'm going to heaven. This one's a little trickier. I would say this one is a false. There are so many facets of salvation in the Catholic religion that everything has to line up just so in order for you to be considered saved in the Catholic Church. And it's radically different from what Protestants believe. So in this particular case, if you're a practicing Catholic and you have no problem with the things you're doing in the Catholic Church, then the answer would be false. You are not saved. Is it possible for a Catholic to be saved? Absolutely. But at the surface, no. Number four, the Pope has the authority to add or change Scripture. That would be a false. The Pope thinks he does, but we know from the Bible that the Bible is the Word of God. It is not the intervention of man, and there is no conduit to God except for Jesus Christ alone. The Pope is a false prophet in this regard. Number five, priests can forgive sins. That's false. The only one who can forgive sins is God. Number six, Mary, the mother of Jesus, answers prayers. That is also false. Mary is dead and she is in heaven, just like all the other saints, but she is not a special person in terms of being added to the Godhead or given additional responsibilities. So we can move right on from that one. That is, she has nothing to do with anything else other than being the virgin mother of Christ, which is certainly an honorable thing, but she does not ascend into any sort of a, a higher being or anything like that. Number seven, believing in Jesus alone produces salvation. That is true, not to the Catholics, but to us Christians, it is true. Number eight, tradition is just as important as the Bible. That is false. Tradition is certainly good in some areas, such as taking communion, you know, the Lord's Supper, but it's not required for our salvation, and ultimately, the Word of God trumps and triumphs over everything. So if there is any doubt in our minds as to what is superior or should be viewed as more important than the other, it's certainly the Bible. Number nine, you can lose your salvation. That is false. However, let me be clear, that is if you ever had it to begin with because there are so many people out there that call themselves Christians, but are not really saved by grace. They fall into the fad or the religious part of 
Christianity. They like the feel-good aspect, you know, spiritual peace, you know, as the same as meditating and going Zen or things like that. There are some people that think that has something to do with it, but it really doesn't. It's all by God's doing. If you are saved by grace through the regeneration of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, then you are saved forever. It is a permanent seal. But in the Catholic faith, they believe that you can lose your salvation. It's actually kind of easy to do it, too, which is really sad. When it's such an unstable aspect of the religion, it really makes it hard to be one, in my opinion. Number 10. Simon Peter was the first pope. That is false. In fact, there is no pope. Because what the pope is, the title they have, is the Vicar of Christ. Basically, if you want to put it like that, as the physical, personal representation of Christ. So when the pope becomes elected and serves as pope, he is representing Jesus Christ on earth. And that is understanding that he has the same power as Christ to manipulate scripture as he likes, to change certain things, define things a certain way. But none of that is true. There is no pope. Number 11. Ghosts are not real. You may be wondering, why did you throw that one in here? Well, there is a, there's a reason why. And the answer is true. Ghosts are not real. There are so many superstitions out there that may make you believe otherwise, but they are demons. There are no wayward human souls lost, as if God could not account for every human being that has roamed the earth. But Catholics believe that ghosts are real. Number 12. The crucifixion is half of Christ's sacrifice. This is false. However, the Catholics will tell you that, yes, it is only half the sacrifice. The other half is in other ways that we do not practice. Number 13. Grace is granted to you by the church. That is false. It is Jesus Christ himself that grants grace. God is the God of grace. Because what is grace again? It is unmerited favor. And the only person that's capable of giving favor is the one that has the power to grant favor to all his creation, and that's the Lord God himself. No man, no entity other than God himself can give grace. Number 14. Praying to a saint will result in a blessing. That is false. In fact, this is idolatry. God is very clear that he is a jealous God, that he wants all worship to be to him. Prayer is a means of worship and communication with God, and he wants that prayer for himself. And if we give it to a saint, which is Someone that is a human being who died, did very good things in their life, no doubt, but is promoted in some way by the church to be some sort of higher being to where now this person governs particular things of the church's choosing. 
that the, the, the organization of the church has no power to make that judgment as well as it just isn't the way it is. When a saint dies, they go into heaven forever, and it says clearly in the Bible that the former things will be remembered no more. So it's not like people are looking down from heaven to seeing how you're doing. Unfortunately, I know it's a comforting thought to think, oh, Grandma's watching me from heaven. Actually, she's not. Sorry to break it to you, but the Bible says that they don't even think about this life anymore. They're too busy enjoying the presence of God. Number 15, Jesus did not exist before he was born of Mary. That is false. Jesus is God, so therefore he has been around since eternity past, present, and future. He was there at the creation. All things were made through him. Therefore, he was part of the Godhead, the Trinity. So, there is not true that he was born of Mary, that he did not exist before that time. Number 16. I can pray for someone's purgatory to end sooner. This is false because, first off, there is no purgatory. There is no plane of existence between earth and heaven. And there's no need to be purged, because if we believe that Christ was sufficient for our atonement, then there wouldn't be any need for purgatory, which is exactly true. However, Catholics believe that there is a purgatory. Number 17. The magisterium can make mistakes. Perhaps this one needs a little bit of explanation if you're not familiar with the Catholic Church. The magisterium is a council, usually of cardinals, that are with the Pope and they make the decisions for the Church. They decide what is tradition, they decide how things are defined in Scripture, the proper understanding of Scripture. However, they um, give exposition or an explanation of Scripture that is the church's explanation of Scripture. Whatever they say goes. And when they speak at that seat of authority, or in the Pope's case, ex cathedra, which means from the seat of Pope, they are infallible. That is what the church of the Catholic Church believes in, that the Pope and the magisterium, when performing their roles, they are infallible. They are incapable of making mistakes. It's as if God said it. We know as Christians that that is not true. Number 18. The book of Enoch is a part of the Bible. So the question is, is it in your Bible, Christian? It's not. But the question that people usually say on online or on YouTube, things like that, that it's the book of the Bible that they don't want you to know about. It is a secret book that has been lost in so many years, and we just discovered it. It's not supposed to be a part of the Bible. The book of Enoch has been around for a very long time, and it is not inspired by God. It is what we call apocrypha. Apocrypha means that parts of it might be true, and it might, part of it might be inspired word taken from somewhere else, but as a whole, it is not canon to the scripture. 
because it either contradicts something in the other parts of Scripture or teaches something contrary to it. And so it's, it's not part of Scripture. However, it is in the Catholic Bible, along with other books as well. Number 19. The Eucharist is an outdated tradition. This is true. This is a confusing statement anyway, because if you were a Catholic saying that, their answer would be false. Absolutely not. The Eucharist is not an outdated tradition. It is a perpetual tradition that we must follow. But we know as a Christian that the Eucharist is idolatry, if not the worst form of idolatry. And it slaps God in the face every time they partake of it. Number 20, I can watch Mass online. Well, the answer is true. If you're taking it as in a church service, certainly you can watch a church service online. But as a Catholic, you cannot. They believe that Mass can only be done in person and it is necessary for salvation. All right, it's time to put your name on your quiz and turn it in to your teacher. How do you think you did? If this was not a hard quiz for you, then you're in good hands. But if you struggled with a few of these, that's all right. I mean, there's, we're not going to know all the answers to every part of our faith unless we study these things. So we need to be very clear as to what we believe in and be able to speak with precision on things that other faiths will try and teach that are doctrinal as well as, you know, universally accepted by the umbrella of Christianity. And we have to use that term Christian very carefully because there's a lot of people out there that call themselves Christians. For example, Jehovah's Witness will call themselves Christians. Seventh-day Adventists will call themselves Christians. Catholics call themselves Christians. Even the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Mormons, they call themselves Christians. That term is so much abused. But remember what Christian means. Christian means little Christ. And so whatever is truly called a Christian should be a direct representation of everything that Christ stood for. Not necessarily that we are claiming to be Christ himself, like a pope would, but that everything that we have as a foundation of understanding, as doctrine, as belief, it lines up exactly with what Jesus Christ taught. But not only that, but the Bible explains, and I've done this in a previous podcast, with the understanding that Jesus Christ is the Word of God, the entire Word of God. And so if everything that's in, in this inspired book is relevant to our faith, and so, whatever the Bible says is the way that things should go. Anything contrary to that does not belong in our lives. So, with that proper understanding, I think it's safe to say that we are ready to begin our study of Roman Catholicism. So now, for the purpose of transparency, I wanted to mention to you some foundational scripture that I want you to take a look at as we go through this stuff. 
as we travel through Scripture to answer the questions that we just did, as well as to have a proper understanding of what we should believe in versus what the Catholics believe in, there are a few different key scriptures we have to keep in mind. So first off would be Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Mark chapter 7, verses 6 through 9. Jesus speaking here. He answered and said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups, and many other such things you do. He said to them, All too well you reject the commandment of God, that you may keep your tradition. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 12 and 14. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. And lastly, Revelation chapter 22, verses 18 through 20. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Now, in addition to the Bible itself, 
I do have other references that I used for this study. So if you'd like to take a look at them, you're welcome to do your own independent research. I highly encourage you to not take everything I say at face value. If there's anything you think I'm wrong about, please let me know through an email or do your own independent research. But I assure you that the things that I have written in here are factual and they are accurate. But I encourage independent study. Like it says in the Bible, you should test every spirit. If there's any concern or doubt in your mind as to what I'm telling you, please look into the Bible itself for the answers. I am not God. I am not even a teacher. I'm merely a guide through the scripture, and the Holy Spirit is the teacher. So feel free to double check me at any time. Now, a couple of resources I used were, first, uh, there's a book by a man named Mike Gendron, and he uh, wrote a book called Preparing for Eternity. Very good book. I highly recommend. Gives a very comprehensive view of what the Catholics believe versus what is really written in the Bible. There's another book by William Webster, and it's titled Salvation, the Bible, and Roman Catholicism. This one is a little bit of a harder read, not necessarily because it's um, more complex or anything, but it's more just goes into the, the minute details. He tries to simplify the complicated things, and he goes much deeper than Gendron does in his book. So together, they are a very good combination. And quite frankly, I used the Vatican's own website as a big reference in this whole study because you want to know what the Bible says versus what the Catholics say? You look at the Catholic website. And they update their official catechism every time that they change something in their doctrine and in their catechism. So go the catechism of the catholic church is online at www.vatican.va/archive and you'll be able to find the catechism of the catholic church in its entirety it's available for free online you want to find the official website of the catholic faith it's www.catholic.org one of the main places that I go for solid theology as well as reformed Christian wisdom outside of the Bible that helps clarify things for me is not only the Ligonier Ministries, which was created by R.C. Sproul, uh, Ligonier.org, L-I-G-O-N-I-E-R. The Ligonier Ministries is a fantastic resource as well as it's an app on the phone, as well as a website, gotquestions.org. Fantastic group of people that put together excellent answers to very difficult questions, and they're all Bible-based. So I highly recommend these sources if you needed some supplemental material as we go through this. So to give you a layout of some of the things we're going to be talking about, so next week we're going to go through some key events that define the Catholic Church in its history. 
and just the church history in general. And you'll see it, it sounds really boring just by the title, but it, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Then we're going to talk about tradition versus scripture. We're going to talk about salvation and sin. We're going to talk about the Virgin Mary and the saints. We're going to talk about the priesthood and the pope. We're going to go in depth on the seven sacraments that they follow. We're going to have a better understanding of baptism and original sin, the mass and the cross, penance and purgatory, the Holy Eucharist, the Catholic Bible, what's different about theirs compared to the Christian Bible, and the state of Catholicism today. And if you stick with us through this whole thing, you should have a very good understanding of the Catholic Church afterwards. I spent a lot of time preparing this material. It took me a couple of months to research and formulate proper ways to communicate all this knowledge that I gained and God's insight into these things. But again, I cannot emphasize enough that the Bible is the primary source of this information. And we will come to those points where there will be a conflict between what Catholics believe and what Christians believe, and the Bible is very clear about where we're supposed to stand. And I'll let the Bible speak for itself. So, I hope you're interested in the journey we're about to embark in, and if you have any questions, please feel free to send me an email, equipped.with.truth at gmail.com, or you'll find it in the description of this channel. As always, thank you for listening. I'm Ryan, and we'll see you next time. Take care, and God bless you.